Welcome to the Odds Breakers, your number one place for shared, sharp betting information. Hell no, to the no, 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 hell to the no, hell to the no, to the no, 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 hell no, no, to the no, no, hell to the no, no, to the no, 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 to the no, no, to the no, Welcome back to Podcast 93 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Ozbreakers. Follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by this season. For the best football contest and all sports contests in all the land, please visit www.thesn.com slash OB. Play for thousands of dollars with thousands of people across the land. If you'd like to support The Ozbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, Please visit theazbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any for winning cappers. Get the premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Icebreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. Hell no, my friends. <laughs> what an absolute dumpster fire in college football land. You know, just in dumpster fire. But you know what? We've always seen a lot of dumpster fires in sports when money is involved, but especially now with the college football committee giving their last F you to anybody that had a chance and deserved something better, you know, for money, for their money. That's exactly what it was for money and i can't wait to talk about that it's actually mostly a feature in our good the bad and the ugly portion of this podcast but either way we have a lot to cover today because college football bowls have been selected and here we are working all week vigilantly to put in place and find the most value like we always do. I've already made about four plays, a projecting line moves, got in front of a few of them. And uh, it's just as simple as I said last week. You have to find the teams that are motivated. You have to find the teams that are not motivated. You have to find the players that are sitting out. That's very, very important in this process. But this episode isn't about this whole bowl projections yet. There's still a lot of handicapping to be done. Next week, we're going to start featuring college bowls week by week, giving you value like we do every single year with some wonderful guests. But for this week, it's going to be a little bit more NFL-centric, maybe a little bit of college basketball as well. But I came off with a great weekend Friday was a little bit down just based on losing two basketball plays by a half point each UConn and I believe it was West Virginia missed a free throw at the end both teams did actually uh I I don't want to take credit for like bad beats or anything I should have had a better handicap you know that that was on me I should have picked games that had better edges so I'll take the L for Friday on that but otherwise, Saturday was good and Sunday was great. 
when it comes to NFL football, and it made a nice, fat, profitable weekend for us, including how UFC went on Saturday uh, throughout the night. But getting into a little recap here, Liberty took care of business. Uh, I actually lost an early play on them. The total kept going up and up, and I knew it was toast. I just figured that they could stop somebody against the run. Neither team could do that. Eventually, Liberty wore them down, but New Mexico State played one hell of a game to force that over, and it went way over the total. Uh, New Mexico State, Diego Paeva is just a baller. He went out there and scored and did whatever he could. Uh, They didn't stop him much, just enough to uh, cover that spread for Liberty because Liberty wasn't getting stopped anytime soon either. I don't even think they punted the ball the whole game. But that was how it started out. But obviously the big Washington embarrassing line from the market, minus 10, but it did go down to minus 9 at least. But, man, that was just absolutely disrespectful. And everything that I said came to fruition about how that uh, Washington had a dang good shot to cover that spread, if not win the game outright. I was happy about that. We had Oregon and Washington early in the season at about three and a half, four to one when we made our plays and, uh, you know, got to hit that future as well as the uh, side that we had on the Washington Huskies. Kalen DeBoer is just a fantastic coach and uh he outcoached Lanning and that team was not what people saw the last few weeks just because of that tweet I said the five key reasons why I thought Washington was uh completely in this game before it started Saturday was some amazing football as you know it all started with Texas blowing out Oklahoma State, and I did hedge my 40-1 to 1 in the beginning, made a little bit of money off it. Not as much as I wanted to. I was hoping for an in-game, but right when Texas had the ball, I knew they weren't going to be stopped in our over 55 almost hit in the first half. Unfortunately, I had to wait for three minutes left in the third quarter for that thing to hit. All I needed was one more touchdown, but it came out a little ice cold on both ends in that game but hitting the over was nice and uh it started out a pretty good day in college football land for me on saturday um Tulane versus smu smu blows it throws an interception in the beginning goes down seven to nothing and then their backup coordinate quarterback jennings was good enough he did throw another interception or two in the red zone but they just could not uh Tulane could not stop them is what i should say they could not be stopped SMU was just unstoppable that game, and they looked fantastic like I thought. I took the three and a half even with the injury. I'm like, this is ridiculous. The backup is very capable. Tulane looks like crap the whole second half of the season, and it came to fruition. So was very happy about that. That was a four-star play I had. I, I had three stars, though, on App State, and they, they kind of crumbled. Quarterback pretty much gave away that game. They were in that game against Troy for a long time, possibly going to cover that spread. That would have been a monster Saturday for me if I was going to uh, be able to hit that one. But unfortunately, the game went away from them completely, and Troy covered eventually with ease against old App State. 
Another surprising one was Miami, Ohio against Toledo. I decided not to play the game. Actually, I did put a little Toledo in a small personal parlay I lost, though. But either way, it was uh, one of those situations where I was like, wow, uh, Miami's just kind of sticking it to them, uh, especially when it counts the red zone. Miami is way more motivated than Toledo. And uh, they deserve to win that game and win the MAC. Uh, you could have got Miami, Ohio recently at about 8-1 to one a few weeks back to win this baby and uh they 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 treated toledo like uh they're the big brother and toledo was the little brother and toledo kind of just couldn't do anything against that strong defense so you gotta give them a lot of props for how they played that game um boise state unlv i didn't even watch that game i was so disgusted that it wasn't san jose state that i just completely avoided it and i'm glad i avoided it because i didn't play a side in this game and uh unlv just got boat raced 44 to 20 so the best covering team has kind of been faltering here over the past few weeks uh georgia bama that game had everything that you asked for man uh i loved watching this game and it was just nice to see alabama competent and not making the mistakes you know if for once georgia was the one making the mistakes they are the ones that turn over the ball alabama didn't and alabama just out schemed them and out planned uh, game plan them to be honest with you most people just like people with Oregon and Washington in their power ranks still have Oregon better but Washington just has their number if Oregon played Washington like I tweeted out before they would uh, if they played again Oregon would be favored by five points or so I'd be betting Washington because the matchup is better for Washington the coaching is better in that situation against Oregon State if they both played Oregon State, I'd be betting Oregon has the bigger margin and they blow away Oregon State. See, it's all about matchups when it comes to how these teams face each other in many cases, right? It's like just because a team might have another team's number doesn't mean they won't perform better against different teams. It's just how football and sports really is. And it's very, very much the same in basketball and even in baseball, how players hit pitchers it's it's really advanced stuff and that's some of the advanced stuff you have to do when handicapping some of these games i'm not the best at it i'm pretty good at it and i'm always trying to get better learning every single day uh florida state beats louisville by double digits 16 to 6 did everything that they needed to do they could have even tried for style points at the end but they didn't um super unfortunate obviously we'll get into that and uh, Michigan beats Iowa, mostly with their defense and special teams. Now, people are kind of hating on Michigan a little bit because of it. But, man, that Iowa defense, is, it's a fierce defense. That's a good defense, you know. And Michigan, they didn't have enough motivation to blow them out. You know, I mean, this was just a stepping stone. You know, Michigan probably could have lost this game and i would have wondered if the committee would have kept him in the playoffs over florida state that's a that's a dang good question um but they're never in danger of losing this so it's all just special speculation hypotheticals is uh what you can't really do too much of but either way uh blake Corum only had 52 yards rushing and uh jj mccarthy only needed 147 yards passing you know that's uh, what took care of the game. It's going to be different when you face Alabama, obviously. But uh, we'll see what happens when that game comes into fruition. It's going to be Michigan versus Bama 
and Michigan's about a point and a half favored. That will be at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. And Texas will be playing Washington in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. So that's going to be fun as well. Texas now a 4.5 point favorite. All right, now for the NFL. Uh, you know, that, a lot of favorites won yesterday. Uh, the Niners really beat up the Eagles, and one has to wonder if it was more about the Eagles just playing tough game after tough game, and of course now they have Dallas on deck. Or maybe it's just the Niners are just that dang good, and they beat up the good teams now, you know, playing with a vengeance this year, and they're actually staying healthy for the most part, right? They have a few injuries, sure. But, man, they're they're, they're certainly just running through teams. Um Hit our parlay. We just took Texans money line because it was at three and a half when I did it, as well as uh, the Lions money line at four and a half. So it came up to about one plus one thirty one. I was happy about that because some of those games got kind of dicey at the end, but um, both did and eventually cover their spreads, and uh, both uh, made a good case that they are well, certainly the Lions, but the Texans may be a very dangerous playoff team coming into the. Uh, season the postseason but the Colts actually won too and they have uh, a game advantage over uh, a matchup advantage I believe head-to-head over the Texans right now so I find that interesting too how this AFC South is going to finish up uh any major upsets yeah the the Cardinals you know destroying more teaser legs thank god I stayed away from that I bet the Cardinals and then I kind of decided to not use them in the contest I unfortunately used the Patriots in the contest I, I, it wasn't between them though. It was between that and a different team. Um, three and one so far, one pending tonight. But uh, you know, it, it's one of those where the Cardinals should have gave up more rushing yards, but they really just punched the Steelers in the face. And that whole handicap on uh, Tomlin as a favorite against bad teams, maybe the worst coach in all NFL history against bad teams. And wow, uh, the Cardinals just punch you in the mouth and even when Kenny Pickett went out you're still losing that game it's not like you were really looking good at all or didn't I didn't think you were going to cover at least when Pickett was in maybe you would have won and saved some survivor pools but I still doubt that would have even happened you got smoked against the Cardinals and Kyler Murray and they came in motivated and your injuries to your uh, middle linebackers where you couldn't stop the run really showed and James Conner had a field day so that was the big upset, obviously, of the week. Uh, Tampa Bay, they also were uh, a big favorite, and they kind of kept going down and down. They survived Carolina, but, man, that was kind of an ugly game, too. And I used Carolina in the conf- contest when I found out they were getting a couple guys back from injury reserve. And, man, as good as uh, Carolina's defense really played, well, actually, it wasn't that good, but good enough to kind of somewhat at- hold Tampa at bay. Man, that offense stinks for Carolina. They they absolutely stink. And uh, Bryce Young struggles to throw passes. He he's, he doesn't seem that strong back there. I don't know. I don't know what he did in the combine to make that ball go far. But man, something's either wrong with him, or he's just not big enough, dude. I I I, I don't know. I, I'm not even sure exactly how far he threw it in the combine. I, I would guess it was decent because I didn't hear about it, but. Man, uh, very concerned if you're a Panthers fan about Bryce Young here and uh, maybe you just uh, try to get one of those quarterbacks a little bit later in the draft, maybe a, 
a Michael Penix or something, you know, maybe you get a little creative and grab Sam Hartman or something, you know, there's, I think there's more that you can do uh, from the quarterback position, uh, especially if it's at least just giving Bryce Young a kick in the ass. Uh, the later games with the Rams and the Browns, man, the Browns just completely choked that whole thing away, didn't they? Uh, you know, they had a chance in covering some teasers, and instead they just decided to get outscored 16-6 to in the fourth quarter against the Rams, and that was just absolutely terrible. Couldn't even cover their 10-point teasers, and uh, that was just a, a massively ugly look for a bad team. It, it, it made the afternoon games just not so good. It was really the 49ers-Eagles for about – Two to three quarters, and then at the end, you're like, man, the Niners are just kicking their butts. This is it. And then the fourth quarter was kind of bad. Uh, lots of fighting happened in that Niners-Eagles game with the head of security. Uh, got in into it with Greenlaw, and uh, Greenlaw kind of just put his fist in his face a little bit. I mean, it was, you know, it was intentional, but it wasn't, I wouldn't say that was a punch, but the refs kicked him out. It's like this big security guard on the sideline starts, you know, kind of shoves you a little bit and because you tackled the quarterback hard, which you're just trying to get the guy out of bounds. It was it looked like a suplex, but that's, you know, you're on your back. You're trying to throw the guy out of bounds. It's It was just not an egregious tackle, and you allow that on the sidelines. Well, they eventually kicked them both out, but why Greenlaw? You know, I mean, that was, that was just BS. The guy egged him on. That was just uncalled for for the NFL in an extreme Extremely bad look. And then finally, the the Packers beat the Chiefs. I guess that's the other upset. But the Packers were at home. I had the Packers in that 10-point uh, teaser that blew up in my face. Everything else went great in the NFL. That I at least pushed on my uh, Patriots because I had the better number than the contest. But, uh, man, that was unreal watching the Packers just pick apart the Chiefs and it was just coaching before just out coach Andy Reid and the Chiefs are kind of just like I said in that sandwich spot they beat the Raiders and then they got the Bills on deck and they had to go up to Green Bay it felt like such a distraction for them it was I, I I'm kicking myself for not just betting the side um, this was one of my possible contest plays as well, but I decided not to take it because the injury report for the Packers had Savage out all the way up till mid-Saturday, and I made my plays about 10 minutes later. Uh, Savage is in, and I'm like, God, oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm like, uh, well, you know, I missed an opportunity. Maybe the Packers beat the Chiefs, and then they ended up doing really well, and there's just some crazy stuff there at the end of the game that we will discuss in our next segment. <laughs> The good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. And there is plenty to go around as usual. So the good. Well, I mean, the refs calling illegal contact in that Dallas game. That thing shot way over when it's getting to the 70s or something. Dallas versus Seattle. That was a potential contest play for me, too, on Seattle. I personal bet it. I didn't take it. I didn't give it out, but I should have. Seattle looked really good that game. But at the end, they could have given up a touchdown to blow that spread anyway, I suppose. It was just very coin flippy at the end. But either way, this is what the refs did. They call illegal contact. It's a rule. You're not supposed to touch the receiver uh, after five yards. Well, it happens almost every single passing play. Actually, it does happen every single passing play. They just don't call it until 
sometimes at the very end of the game, like you've heard me rant about in the last two Super Bowls, but decided by them calling illegal contact when they did it. Well, they decided to do it this Dallas game, and uh, it, it made it gave, made for a ton of yards. Now Herb Street and Michaels were, were were upset about it, and I was like. Why are you upset about it? Uh, the NFL is not scoring points this year. Totals are in the 30s because you're letting defenses grab and pull and then you call it every once in a while, which is confusing to them because you're, if you're allowing it, you're allowing it on both sides. Well, they did, you know, Cleet Blakeman was the one that did it and uh, it made for a very exciting game because don't make illegal contact. You know, there's a lot of things they can do to make this game better. And if it's uphold the rules to do it, I think it's pretty pathetic of the job that the officials are doing right now. Also, uh, another good was just the football game in general on Thursday. It was fun to watch. There's just a lot going on. It was an epic game. And even Pete Carroll's stupid mistakes at the end of that game uh, didn't hurt the overall excitement level and rating I would put on it. It was It was one of the best Thursday night football games for sure. Uh, this next one, Patriots versus Steelers, is going to be an absolute snoozer. Next, the Mac. Holy cow, they got something really right. The refs made a bad pass interference call. They went to a booth because I think they just auto-do that like an eye in the sky ref that I complain about all the time that they should have in an eye in the sky ref. And they made them pull the flags. I was like, really? This is real? You're fixing these awful calls. You're way ahead of the NFL. I mean, this is a Mac championship game is what they did. I mean, this is exactly what I've been screaming for. They they made them pull the flag on a terrible call. I was in absolute shock. That's the whole eye in the sky mentality. Good job, Mac. Way to be ahead of the NFL. Uh, another good, the Texas Longhorns, man, they look good. And uh, they're in the playoffs for looking good and maybe a few other things as well. The Washington Huskies just being disrespected and putting it to Oregon. And they even were down in the third quarter. But they come back. You never really lost faith that they weren't going to cover the spread, at least. And they just ended up putting it on Oregon. And their defense held up, too. Washington's defense showed up. Everybody showed up. Johnson, the running back, showed up. Good for the Washington Huskies and that amazing coach, Kalen DeBoer. Another good, just the chaos itself. I mean, it it's good for people that aren't fans to, to see how stupid of a system this is. And so glad that it's the end of it. But at the same time, I want repercussions. I want something to happen. Uh, another good was the, just that Niners-Steelers game, as I mentioned. I mean, if it wasn't for the Seahawks-Cowboys, this would have been an exciting game because of all the sideline issues, the fights, and all the uh, extracurricular activities going on. But not just that. There's just a ton of offense, especially from the Niners, really. That was just a dang good game. And finally, I have to pat myself on the back here. Sorry. I did predict what the committee was going to do, and I did predict it in order. You can look back at our tweets. I predicted Michigan number one. I predicted Washington number two, Texas number three, and Alabama number four. Now, I predicted it because I figured the bias would come in, come in 
and they would try to justify it in some ridiculous way that yet they still keep contradicting themselves and I'll get to that but that's exactly what they did they tried to do a mix between most deserving and mix between I guess what they think the, the best is well if they look at the Vegas lines and the power rings they know what their best is but they're never they've never done that it's never been about that they lie to you the best teams are Michigan Ohio State Texas and Georgia in my opinion some people would say Bama over Texas I'm not going to sit there and argue with you about that but the truth is is that it's not about the best it's about the money uh next is the bad App State's Joey Aguilar just fumbling the whole game away. <laughs> They're scoring touchdowns off his fumbles. It was just pathetic. You're like, oh, I'm not covering this spread. <laughs> it was it was tough. Another bad Jack Plummer, man. He could not move the ball against Florida State's defense. And uh, <laughs> he made it harder on the committee. So I guess that's a good thing. But, um, I, I mean, he just, he's not a playoff quarterback. And, Louisville was fun this year, but the truth is, is that uh, that division was just a little bit too easy, wasn't it? Um, that conference as a whole, not just their division. C.J. Stroud's injury. Now he came back at least in the game. He got banged out for a while, and I was getting a little bit worried about the Texans, but I guess he's fine now. So I probably should have crossed that one off. A uh, Colts red zone. Wow, is that bad? You guys should have won against the Titans by a hell of a lot more than that. They just had to keep kicking field goal after field goal after field goal with Matt Gay. And I was just like, geez, man, uh, Garner Minshew just not tall. He's not really a red zone quarterback. He just, uh, you know, his passes get batted down. Um, that's not his forte, I guess. And uh, just the side routes, he can't throw it like down the middle for a quick slant for the life of him. Another bad is just, Bryce Young's arm, it looked like crap, and I'm not so sure he's an NFL quarterback, and I already talked about that. Uh, another bad, Brad Allen's officiating crew in that Packer game. Holy cow. I mean, he's a home ref, and he favors home teams, but the amount of pass interference and crap that he allowed the Packers to do at the end of that game it's being talked about right now is absolutely insane. He did screw up for, for the uh, – on the chief side too recently in there, but just, I just want consistency. And if not, maybe just somebody to call a correct game every once in a while. Come on, Brad Allen, another bad NFL kicking Dre Greenlaw out for that confrontation with that Philadelphia head of security. That was, what are you doing? Kicking him out, you know, get that big, pompous ass off the freaking uh, field if he's going to get in a player's face it's not his place to do that dude you're you do not play for the team get the hell out of here you egomaniac and another bad the total in the pat steelers game 29 points is that what it's getting to right now that's what I just heard. Hold on. Let me pull this up. This can't be real. 30 points on DraftKings. Oh, geez. That is absolutely disgusting. And now for the ugly. Florida State being treated like a second-rate whore all week by the ESPNs and CBS. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't even as much as CBS this year. It was ESPN, a little bit of Fox, because Fox was a little worried about things. It's just 
was really sad to watch, but seeing them win by against Louisville by double digits sure made it a hell of a lot better. And that Louisville defense is pretty good too. You gotta you gotta give them some credit. Uh Tennessee's punt team and extra point was just awful, and they just fired their special teams coordinator, but they had two uh, block punts, one for a scoop and score from the Colts. So uh, the Colts got one back. I think Minshew did throw a pick six or something that game as well. Uh, another ugly, the Patriots game. My God, just Belichick, what are you doing? There's t- plenty of time left. You're down six to nothing, and you go for it, like when he could have kicked a field goal and, it's like get some points on the board, dude. Going for it, it there's way too much time. And then he then they drove like three or four more times where they could have kicked more field goals, but it didn't matter because then they had to go for a touchdown. It's just absolutely insane. Another ugly Kevin Stefanski, and that man is absolutely terrible, and he makes the worst decisions as a coach. Um put his team in bad positions again, calling just predictable plays. Uh, This guy just chokes, and he should have never, ever, ever have been the coach of the year. But you got the same issues in college football than you do in the NFL when it comes to voting. And finally, getting to the CFB playoff committee. I mean, these people are absolutely dirty. They're in bed with the SEC for the most part. they're in bed with the ESPN that they they're friends actually part of them does interviews for ESPN and I'm sorry but this is exactly the reason it went down like this you know in the past Florida State would have got in you know because they always did most deserving in that situation and that's why Washington was in it they had a cake schedule but they got in Remember Ohio State when they hurt their quarterback? They even had a loss that year. And they beat a just bad Wisconsin team at the Big Ten West. It was probably almost as bad as it was this year by 50 points. And then they got let in. You know? It's just amazing how they just keep changing things for money. I mean, look at the facts here. You had FSU ranked fourth last week after the injury anyway Hell no, to the no, no, no. how do you move texas and alabama out of them when fsu just won by double digits texas beat a nobody a team that was negative 0.4 yards per play you know why did you even have them ranked fourth yet that shows your bias your lies and your ignorance it's 10 million bucks that you costed Florida State to not get into these college football playoffs. Hell no, to the no, no, no. And you gave it to Alabama. The one year you could have justified not having an SEC team in because you had three undefeateds, Michigan, Washington, and Florida State, and you had Texas beating them head-to-head in Alabama. At least Texas's loss was on a neutral against Oklahoma. You went to Alabama and beat them. Alabama struggled against UCF or USF, South Florida, even worse. They struggled against Auburn, and it took a miracle to win that game. And you put in Alabama because it's about the money. It's never been about the best teams, always, unless it fit your narrative. It was about the money. 
You screwed Baylor over back in 2014 when they should have been in it. UCF was undefeated and then beat Auburn in their bowl game. They have every right to claim a national championship that year. You know? One thing that shocked me is that Booger McFarlane was actually the guy that was against this all. I thought he would have been like the first person in line. So I have mad respect for him for doing that. Changed my opinion on him a bit. But everybody else just hating on Florida State who beat LSU. Do you know who the SEC's best non-conference win? And they only play eight conference games in four non-conference? Tulane. Freaking Tulane. Maybe when Missouri beat Kansas State, you could say, too. But seriously, that's your best win? Tulane? Hell no. To the no, no, no. Or Kansas State? And it, and it was a team that's not even in the playoff contention while Florida State beat LSU when LSU was ranked as high as Alabama early? Fucking bullshit! <laughs> you know? But here's what's even, even worse. Instead of putting Florida State against, like, Liberty, who you put in a BCS game over SMU because, well, you can only play everyone on your schedule. <laughs> That's the excuse you used. That you can only play anyone on your schedule. Yet you just said... Florida State schedule was easy. And they have a quarterback issue. You know? So, that's a massive contradictory. I mean, it happened to Wisconsin when they lost the Big Ten Championship to Ohio State. They were undefeated. You, you said schedule was too easy. <laughs> they got snubbed. But either way, Using that excuse, as you just talked about schedule being one of the most important things, is absolutely ridiculous. And you put Liberty in over SMU, who is a way better team than Liberty. And then, not only that, what I was saying, Florida State is still at number five. And you have Georgia at six, and you decide to put Florida State against Georgia. When Georgia is a 13.5-point favorite now, just goes to show you that Georgia is a bigger favorite than against Bama than they were than Michigan is right now. Georgia's one of the best teams, and you claim it's the best, but that's not true. Now you just try to save face by hoping to God that Georgia just smokes FSU to make it look like they didn't deserve it, even though half the players may not even be playing in this game anyway. Unreal. You know? I mean, I hope, I hope someday something gets investigated here. Now, it's not going to be happening with this government because they might be just as bad, if not worse. Same kind of people on these committees. But I'm just hoping that someday somebody says something, somebody does an investigation, and somebody decides to make things right.
All right, time for some college football week 14 misleading final scores. And there's only one of them because we didn't have that many games. Just championship games, my friend. And it is Toledo. They outgained Miami, Ohio. 370 to 306, yet lost 23 to 14. A 2 to 0 turnover ratio did them in. Um, and it was just poor red zone that also hurt the Rockets. But that's it for misleading final scores from championship week. The rest of this stuff, you know, was correct. Alabama slightly outgained Georgia, and it, it was, uh, or, or sorry, Georgia outgained Bama by 15 yards. That's not enough to justify misleading on a three point game. They turn over the ball. And uh, the penalties were pretty close as well. So I think the, I think that game should be looked at as kind of a coin flip anyway. I didn't really make much of an adjustment to my power ratings. Now for college football betting spots, but we don't have any betting spots because now it is bowl season. So I'm going to be working on bowl motivational spots, coaching ATSs out there that I like to use as well. But I'm going to, just like I do every single year, have an article on these teams and their motivation and how what they might be thinking. Um, they're going to be very motivated to win or partially motivated or not motivated at all. These are all speculation, but I had a great record last couple of years in bowl season, so I hope that's going to happen again. And that's really what it's about, line value, getting ahead of the moves and uh, looking at the motivation. So be watching at theozbreakers.com for some of those articles. Now it's time for NFL Week 13 misleading final scores. The Steelers outgained the Cardinals 317 to 282, yet lost 24 to 10, a 1-0 turnover ratio. Injuries, special teams, nine penalties, and bad red zone efficiency on defense got the Steelers. Man, it is just a lot of things that happened to the Steelers that game, but they're not that good anyway. The Jets outgained the Falcons 259 to 194, yet lost 13 to 8. A 3 to 0 turnover ratio and horrible quarterback play got the Jets and the Patriots. Same deal. They outgained the Chargers 257 to 241, didn't cover the final spread, lost 6 to 0. A 1 to 0 turnover ratio, poor coaching and bad quarterback play got the Patriots. Now it's time for NFL week. 14 betting spots, letdown spots. I mean, the Packers could let down some at the Giants after beating the Chiefs. It's not what you want to hear because you want to use the Packers for Survivor this week. But, man, the Giants coming off the bye. Ugh. Probably probably uh, oh, it's still lean Packers here, but I'm not, I'm not touching that game. The, the 49ers could be a little flat hosting the Seahawks after they beat the Eagles is certainly a uh, letdown spot. As well. All right, get up spots. The Browns better get up hosting the Jags if they want to be in the playoffs. The Steelers better wake up hosting the Patriots if they want to make the playoffs. Uh, the Saints are also in danger versus Carolina of missing their shot. The Bills need a big game at the Chiefs, but the Chiefs kind of still want the top seed. But when I'm you know betting on a dog in a fight, I want the dog fighting for his life, not for just better food. Uh, the Cowboys can get revenge also to the Eagles. Big get-up spot for the Cowboys. And the only look-ahead spots, the Jaguars looking past the Browns to the Ravens is very possible. So they might, uh, you know, we'll see. It's a short week for the Jags and a short week for the team they're playing, which is the Bengals tonight. Now for our, well, we're going to start right off college football, free play, and you could just pick any bowls that I bet already. The lines have moved a little bit too much in some situations. The one I just looked at passed the three. So now I'm like, 
um, think rethinking this. Uh, I'm gonna have to hold on to this one right now. I don't like the fact they move past the three. Maybe it keeps going, but instead, let's just go to the championship itself. Uh, Washington versus Texas or Michigan versus Bama. Well, I made a play in Michigan versus Bama. Now you know uh, I gave away Alabama twenty to one and Texas twenty to one to premium uh, subscribers earlier. I thought I talked about it on this podcast week uh, a couple months ago, but this was after they both lost, and it was just a situation where I'm like, I still see past the playoffs, and I could not believe they made it, but I'm not making this play to hedge this. I like Michigan anyway to win this game. Michigan is just a very senior-laden team, or at least upperclassman-laden team in Alabama. Uh, still a little bit young here, still a little bit raw uh, don't get me wrong, I like Jalen Milrow and what he can do, do on his legs. And they're going to game plan against Michigan, but now Michigan got to see what they did against Georgia on film. And Michigan has a dang good defense. As a matter of fact, their defense ranks number 10th in success rate, number uh, 11th in rushing success rate. I mean, Michigan is just the better, more advanced team Uh, you look in the epa perspective michigan's number third in overall epa margin they're number sixth on defensive epa 25th against run fifth against the pass well man alabama they're only 24th in epa margin you know 21st on defense 50th on offense while michigan is fifth in offense has alabama had the harder schedule not, not really from the non-conference that much, <laughs> you know. Uh, they, you know, they beat some SEC teams. They only beat Arkansas by three. They uh, LSU. They were fortunate enough that Daniels got hurt that game. Who knows what would have happened if he didn't? They barely get by Auburn. Alabama's got a lot of problems, even though they're a very, I guess, talented team. I don't think Milrow is let's just say composed as much as McCarthy is at this point of their careers. And Michigan has a massively stout defense. As a matter of fact, Iowa's the only team that hasn't that didn't score a point in conference championship week. I mean, that's partly because of Michigan. Now, my Iowa's offense sucks, but look what Michigan did to Ohio State. You know, they I think they can game plan for Jalen Milrow, make him throw deep, have some couple safeties deep, uh, put a spy on him. Make sure he doesn't run too much. Watch the uh, counters. But Michigan stopping the run is where they're going to get their bread and butter, I think. While, uh, you know, Georgia obviously is a great team, but their rush EPA is only 93rd. And that's why Alabama won the game. Michigan's rush defense is actually, believe it or not, a lot better than Georgia. Georgia lost all their big boys up front. They lost all their linebackers to drafts. This is finally a year where they kind of had to sit back a little bit. But it is just interesting to see that Michigan is just a much better matchup to beat Alabama. I have Michigan the number one team in my power ratings. Why would I not take them? I like Michigan to beat Alabama by three points. So I'm going to take Michigan on the money line at minus 120 for three stars for your free play. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. All right, my friends. Now it's time for a little fantasy football week 14 with our guy, D Nasty. All right, now it's time for a little fantasy football. Got our guy D-Nasty back, Dave. But your Packers, man, what's going on there? I'm loving it, man. Uh, Jordan Love, I think they're finally starting to gel as a team, and I think the younger guy is going to play up now. He's going to learn a little bit. He's starting to uh, 
exactly how they should be. So I think it could be a little scary team if they keep improving like this every week. It's kind of fun watching them play now. Feeling the love for Jordan Love lately. Uh, yeah, it's uh, ter- it was a bad spot for the Chiefs, but still, I mean, you guys racked up a bunch of vi- victories in a row. You got an outside shot at the playoffs now. Just uh, it's 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 interesting. This NFC's kind of just shooken up a little bit. You got, you know, your AFC South. I'm guessing they get no wild cards out of that thing. Um, no, definitely not. It's going to be division winner. What might even have a 500 record in that division? Well, Seattle's in trouble. Uh, you got Minnesota's kind of the Packers are hot. Um, obviously, Detroit's winning the division. San Fran's with the division, but you got the Cowboys or the Eagles. One of those are taking a wild card. So that's going to be very interesting, and uh, they play each other coming up this week, Dave. But man, yeah, yeah, the Packers uh, certainly for a fantasy value for Jordan Love, it went from zero to a lot more. So I'm kind of happy about that a little bit too. Oh but, yeah, two two straight weeks in a row, he's throwing three TDs and no interceptions, actually, which is kind of nice. And plus, uh, they have a nice schedule coming up too—a bunch of cake games and like the Giants, uh, and then the Panthers, and then the Bears. <laughs> yeah totally it's it's crazy uh, but you know we'll see what happens there's uh, a lot of football to be played left and uh here we are fantasy football week 14 dave who's our buys all right let me get into that i'd be happy to uh we have a few buys this week uh we only have two actually this week though and these aren't gonna be major ones either like the past couple weeks uh cardinals that we have on by uh kyla murray he's actually been playing pretty well since he's come back uh james connor Trey McBride, those are going to be the main guys. Maybe Marquise Brown, uh, possibly. Uh, and then uh, Michael Wilson, but he hasn't played for three or four weeks, so you're probably not starting him anyway. So but those are the main guys for the Cardinals that you want to get on your bench this week. Uh, the Commanders, uh, Sam Howell, he's actually he's actually he was hot for three weeks, and then he kind of cooled off over the last couple weeks. But uh, if you were starting him for some reason, get him on your bench. Brian Robinson. Uh, he might be starting for some people right now. Logan Thomas, borderline starter, probably not starting him. Uh, Terry McLaren, uh, and possibly Jahan Dotson. He was hot for a little while, too, and he's kind of cooled off as well. But uh, not a lot of major players for fantasy-wise this week. Kyler Murray is going to be the big one this week, and James Conner. But other than that, not a lot of key fantasy players will be on by this week. Oh, for sure. Uh, the Cardinals and Bengals, yeah, I mean, the Bengals – did have more, but those guys are kind of benchable, like the T. Higginses, you know, and the boys. No, we got the Commanders, Commanders and Cardinals. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I meant, yeah, I meant Commanders. I wrote Bengals. That's why I said the Bengals are on right now. That's all my man. But no, Commanders. I mean, those guys too. McLaurin, dude, he got zero points last week, Dave. Zero freaking points. Killed me. Oh. I started him over Christian Watson, which was a bad move on my part. Because the matchup, I like the matchup, and Watson struggled the last couple of weeks. He had one good week out of I don't know how many weeks. And then he gets injured at the end too, which we got to keep an eye on as well. But we'll get into that in a minute here. Yes, we'll get into that because there's a lot of injuries that popped up this week. Um, just in this game, this awful Jaguars-Bengals game, the Bengals are playing like a Super Bowl team right now. What the hell happened? They got just momentum and I, I don't know. Uh looks like Lawrence just got hurt, just got nailed. Uh they lost uh, one of their best receivers, Christian Kirk, in the very beginning of the game. So I might as well mention him right off the bat. But uh, Christian- uh, yeah, they're seeing groin injury for Christian Kirk right already. So Zay Jones will probably make the waiver wire then um, if he's available. Uh, Marquise Brown injured his heel, um, so he's uh, questionable for the Cardinals anyway. But he's going to be out this week anyway. Amari Cooper, he had a head injury last game and he had to leave early. That kind of 
helped things spin away for the Browns last week. Um, what else? Uh, Christian Watson, right, Dave? He had a hammy. Hammy, yep. yep. Christian Watson with another hammy. Take Dell suffered a fractured fibula. That's the big one. The the yeah, that's that the big one. one. Yeah, yeah. Tank Dell broke his fibula. That was awful. Uh, Reminder: Stevenson hurt his ankle in the beginning. Uh, Derek Carr had a concussion. What else is new, right? Exactly. <laughs> Kenny Pickett hurt his ankle pretty bad, maybe out a month or longer. Uh, running back Brian Robinson hurt his hamstring. And uh, what else did I miss? Uh, Zach Charbonnet on Thursday, Dave. He had a bruised knee in his week-to-week, too. But Walker might be back this week, Dave. Yeah, those are a lot of the key ones. And then uh, one other one, too. Uh, Derek Henry actually too left with a concussion this week. Uh, did not return. Taj Spears actually filled in for him pretty admirably. Uh, so that was the other major one there out there as well. Yeah, they said uh, today yeah. that he's no, not concussed. Uh, so that was very strange. Um, Vrabel will say no. Oh, really? Yeah, Vrabel is saying he's fine today. There's some tweets out about it. Okay. Well, just keep an eye on that just in case, though. And then uh, CJ Huzma for the. Jets actually had an injury as well, but you're probably not starting him as anyway. And then Tyler Higby has a concussion as well and did not return. Yeah, uh, actually left the game too briefly and came back in. So just keep an eye on that situation as well too, because he's a little banged up as well. All right, good stuff. Let's move into the waiver writer, Dave. Who are we picking up? All right, uh, the first one I got is Taj Spears. Uh, with the Derrick Henry being banged up, Taj Spears got a majority of the carries. He actually looked really good. Actually, he did when he look came good. In. He did. Yep, I agree. So if if he is banged up, I would just actually just handcuff him if, he, if he's out there. Uh, not a lot of buys this week, so you can probably throw him on your bench as well, just in case Henry is not fully healthy or if he does get injured again. Uh, definitely a handcuff you want to have right now because he did look very good when he was in there. Um, he had twenty six point six points per game over the last eight contests. So, uh, oh, I'm sorry. The Bengals have given up 26.6 points over the last eight contests, and they have given up already 28 points tonight. Uh, and that's their matchup for next week. So it's a good matchup, actually, for uh, Henry or Spears, whoever plays next week. So definitely uh, pick up right there. Uh, Ramon Stevenson left in the first quarter. That's another injury we forgot to cover with an ankle sprain. No, I, saw, uh, I mentioned that. Him. I mentioned him. Oh, you did? Okay, I didn't hear you. So uh, Elliott uh, did fill in for him. Uh, he had 17 carries, 52 rushing yards, four or five targets for 40 receiving yards. So uh, definitely pick up Ezekiel Elliott if he is out there. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned DeAndre Swift as well. Uh, he he left with a huge hit. Uh, they're saying he could have a concussion as well. Or, and then hopefully he should be fine, but he may miss time. Either way, Kenneth Gamewell is a great waiver wire pickup right now. Uh, Gamewell was heavily involved after he left. He had a 54% snap share after he left uh so definitely pick him up uh if you, if you need a running back uh Roscon johnson actually before the bye uh he did get quite a few carries uh looks like they're kind of shifting over to him possibly uh they might give him a majority of the carries going forward even with uh healthy now johnson got 10 carries for 35 yards and caught all five of uh, his targets for 40 receiving yards before the bye so if he is out there i would definitely add him if possible trevor lawrence just got hurt man he is limping. They're taking him to the locker room. He's he was banging the ground. Um, he is in trouble, man. Um, just barely can walk. That is not good, dude. Another quarterback going down. <laughs> that that looks like it could be serious and possibly 
Oh, the end of Trevor uh, Lawrence. Oh, man. Um, CJ Beathard would be another guy we want to add right now, Ben. Yeah. Well. <laughs> He's the backup for Trevor Lawrence, so definitely add him if possible. Uh, Elijah Moore with uh, Amari Cooper injury with a concussion. Elijah Moore actually came in and filled in pretty well for him. Joe Flacco actually looked pretty good for depending on uh, his he's Flacco's up there in age, but he still looks pretty good. And he still has got the strong arm, so uh, he's actually throwing some dimes out there this past week. So add Elijah Moore if you, if you're in, in need of a receiver this week, uh, he will be filling in and more. Finished with a 78% route participation and 28% target share. So he had four catches on 12 targets for 83 yards. So uh, Elijah Moore is a guy to definitely watch. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, another guy uh, with the Watson injury. He might get more looks now as well. Even with Jane Reed getting more looks lately, uh, Dobbs actually had a couple nice catches. And he had a nice game this past week as well. Uh, Nice catch on fourth down. I love that actually that catch. That was a huge catch. Uh, but another guy is Jonathan Mingo for the for the Panthers. Uh, Adam Thielen kind of took a step back the last couple weeks. Uh, he posted two of his lowest target shares uh, in in any of his games this year with 13 and 19 percent target share. So uh, they're definitely looking to get Jonathan Mingo more involved with the new coaching staff that they have that took over. So uh, I would definitely get him. Uh, pick up the results of this past week were six catches 10 targets and 69 yards so uh, he had a 38 percent target share as well so definitely a guy you wanted to pick up and if anyone forgot to pick up isaiah likely definitely pick him up baltimore ravens are off a bye this week and likely should see quite a few targets this week uh and then the defense i was looking at streaming this week is the colts uh they had a nice matchup actually this week uh, and they're facing the Bengals offense that hasn't been good until actually, well, tonight. Uh, but uh, I don't like Browning that much at, still as well. And the Colts has, actually have a solid defense as well. So if you need a streaming defense next week, uh, they're one to stream next week. No, good stuff. Oh, man. But looks like the Bengals might win this game. This is not looking good at all for the Jaguars. Uh, a lot of survivors just got destroyed this week, too, with the Steelers, and now the Jaguars, they're the two most common survivor picks. Just absolutely insane. Oh, man, so uh, Mitch Trubisky, uh, you know, he's going to be a big pickup. Oh, yeah, that one, yeah. It's yeah. a good pickup, too. Yeah, yeah, and you can say Trevor Simeon for Boyle, but I don't really like him. I Well, he, another rumoring that Zach Wilson might start again is what they're saying now. So who knows? That's, that quarterback situation is a mess. I would just stay away from that whole situation. I would, too. Jameis Winston is back on the waiver wire, too, just back and forth every week. Uh, I agree with Tyja Spears. And now C.J. Beathard for the Trevor Lawrence injury. Huge, man. I like your Roshan Johnson. If he's not owned by now, he should be owned. So keep that in mind. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, for sure, for the Stevenson. I think you mentioned that. Noah Brown for the Dell injury, right, Dave? I, I, yeah, I, and I think John Mechie, too, because, you know, Mechie's going to take a bigger role because of that. Greg Dorch, the torch, was pretty good uh, for the Marquise Brown injury. So we'll see what Dorch, the torch, can do. Elijah Moore, I like what you said there. Agree with that. Jaden Reed, we've said that every week. But, you know, I mean, now Christian Watson's probably hammied again. So there you go. Uh, Chris Rodriguez for the Brian Robinson. Maybe if Brian Robinson can't go as a streamer, too. Chase Brown, he's getting a ton of carries tonight, man. A ton. I know. I can't believe it. He's already gotten eight carries or more. Even. He might even got a few since I've been watching. But, yeah, Chase Brown's look good tonight, actually. They're trying to see who they, what they have in them so they can dump Mixon's ass last next year because he's paid a lot. <laughs> Ooh, big sack for the Jags. They needed that. Uh, DJ Dallas for the Charbonnet injury. 
uh, I got him as a waivers as well, Dave. There's just a ton of them this week, man. Fantasy football playoffs is going to be definitely in uh, turmoil. Let's move into the non-starters trending up for week 14. I have a few. Uh, running back A.J. Dillon for the Gi- against the Giants uh, is a great matchup. Uh, so you got to love A.J. Dillon there. The Giants are terrible run D. Devin Singletary versus the Jets. The Jets run D is getting worse and worse, and you saw it last week. It's not looking good. I like Devin Singletary. Uh, uh, right back, Ty Chandler versus the Raiders looks nice to me too. Tight end Ty- Kylan Granson against the Bengals is interesting because Evan Ingram had a monster game. The Bengals actually give up the second most yards to tight ends. Jerry Jetty versus the Chargers. Uh, I think he's going to ball out. The Chargers give up a ton of pass passing yards when they play a, an actual quarterback. Uh, Drake London versus the Buccaneers could have a good game as well. So I like Drake at London and Elijah Moore against the Jaguars. The Jaguars are just giving away massive chunks of yards to Jake Browning right now. I like Elijah Moore next week against the Jaguars. Uh, tight end Gerald Everett versus the Broncos could be massive. Broncos have the worst D against tight ends, and the Chargers don't have much to throw to. Everett is borderline nasty sleeper, buddy. Uh, it was him and another guy, but uh, we'll see when we get that far. Uh, and then I definitely love tight end Isaiah Likely against the Rams. Third worst team to give up yards to tight ends, Dave. Who do you got? Yeah, I like a lot of those, actually. I like Najee Harris this week against the Patriots. Uh, Patriots are just struggling all around on defense and offense. Uh, I think they run the ball a little bit more with Trubisky at quarterback. I, I like disagree Trubisky. with that. The Patriots actually have the number. Th- that's the only thing they do is stop the run. They're number five run defense. So I disagree with that. He was in my bus. Okay. Well, actually, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upgrade Mr. Trubisky then because uh, I like the Steelers against the Patriots. Uh, I think they bounced back after the tough loss this past week, and they need to win this game. It's a must-win for them, almost to stay in the playoff hunt. So um, I'm, I'm, I'll, I agree with you on the Najee Harris. I, I'll downgrade him. Uh, but I do like Trubisky then against the Patriots. Uh, I do like uh, – actually, I like Desmond Ryder this week against the Buccaneers. They have one of the wider pass defenses. Uh, and I like Brian Robinson, too. He's Bajan Robinson, too, as well. Uh, he's borderline starter, though. So, But I do like the Isaiah Likely pick and Zay Flowers, too. Definitely like him. Adele Beckham, actually, a lot of people forgot about. He actually was playing well before the bye, the last couple games before the bye. So uh, ODB, I like against the Rams' defense as well. Uh, I do like Jamison Williamson, Williams for Detroit Lions and Josh Reynolds. I think either one of them could have a big game against the Bears uh, if they're trying to double cover possibly Amon Ron and St. Brown. Uh, so I do like that matchup. I, do, I like the Granson pick, actually, as well. And Gunnar Minshew, I like too. I like, that. I like him against the Bengals. Uh, I do, another one I do like, uh, I do like Jamison Winston against the Panthers. I think he can have a big game this week. And Taysom Hill, I was going to say, I like Taysom Hill as well. Uh, Taysom Hill has been playing well the last couple of weeks for, you know, he's tight end eligible, so uh, I like that. I like Devin Singletary, but actually, Pierce actually looked like he moved ahead of Singletary this past week, though. So I'm going to say Damian Pierce instead of Singletary, though, because he got more carries than Singletary did this past week. Uh, almost doubled up on carries over Singletary, but uh, that that's backfield's kind of hard to read as well, but I'm going to say Damian Pierce uh, for them. Uh, I like that matchup. Uh, Jordan Addison, keep an eye on him. He was injured before the break, so we'll see if he comes back this week. Uh, but he should play. I like Jordan Addison against the Raiders, poor defense. Uh, and then the other one I do like, I do agree with you on A.J. Dillon, and I like Jordan Love against the Giants as well. I like both of those guys uh, against that poor Giants defense. Oh, good stuff. That's a lot of, lot of them too. So we're both on the same page. What about... Some bust, Dave. 
All right. Well, I will change my mind, and I will agree with you on the Najee Harris, so I'm, I'm downgrading him. Uh, I do not like, actually, Kyron Williams against the Ravens. Tough D. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be tough slaying against them. And Stafford, he had a good game last week, but I don't think he has as good of a game this week against the Ravens. Uh, Lions, I was going to downgrade some of the Bears, but I think the Lions have been kind of sh- shaky on defense lately, so I'm going to pass over that one. Uh, I'm going to say Travis Etienne uh, against the Browns. Browns have a good run D, and they have a good D uh, overall. And plus, if Lawrence is out next week, uh, they might be keying off on the run, so I'm going to definitely downgrade him as well. Uh, I don't like anyone on the Panthers, even though Mingo it looks like he's stepping up now. I don't like him or Thielen this week. I know a lot of people are probably starting Thielen, uh, but I don't like them as well. I don't like any Jets quarterback this week, right? Ravens, the Texans have been playing a lot better defense, and that Jets quarterback situation is just a mess. So I'm not touching any of them this week. Uh, another one I'm not t- going to start this week is Geno Smith. Even though he's a borderline starter right now, the San Francisco 49ers are just dominant right now. Uh, they beat the two best teams in the NFC and the Eagles and the Cowboys, and they dismantled both of them. <laughs> so the 49ers are just scary right now. I don't think anyone's going to really beat them right now. Uh, so Geno Smith, definitely downgrading him. And DK Metcalf, even though he had a huge game last week, uh, I don't like any of them. Uh, I'm downgrading the Bills, actually, this week. The Bills running backs, at least. James Cook, I don't like it this week against the tough Chiefs D. Uh, they're playing at Kansas City, so it's different than playing at Lambeau. Uh, and I think they're coming off that loss, so they're definitely be mad about that. Uh, so I don't like that matchup. Uh, and I don't like the Eagles matchup against the Cowboys. Cowboys D is still legit. Uh, Eagles D has been struggling, so... Uh, I'm definitely downgrading the bat- that backfield game well or Swift. I don't like either one of them. Um, and downgrading Devontae Smith probably against that tough Cowboys defense as well. Or actually maybe even A.J. Brown, depending on who Ron Bland was, was covering. He did look kind of bad last week, but I think he steps it up this week. Uh, and he plays better this week. All right. A lot of busts. Um, agree with th- some of those. Let me pull up mine real quick. I have Jameer Gibbs. So, D- Dave, I like your call on that. And guess which defense gives up the – Least amount of rushing yards right now. Bears. The Bears and the Niners tied, buddy. So why <laughs> how do you like that? That's not bad. <laughs> I never thought I'd see that this year. But, you know, they started very, very unhealthy. And uh, those two big nose tackles they drafted are looking pretty good so far, those three techniques. So Yeah, and I, and I, didn't I just tell you, too? I said I, I don't yeah. – I, I like the Bears this week. I'm like, I, I'm not downgrading anyone against them for once. Yeah, yeah the Bears uh, are kind of creeping up on some teams. You know, people are just uh, disrespecting them a little bit. And, uh, you know, I mean, guys like uh, Dexter and uh, Pickens and Andrew Billings are just stuffing the run. Oh, Bether just fumbled, but they got the ball back. Jesus. He just loves to lose games. Uh, you know, <laughs> Unreal. All right, let's move on to Jerome Ford versus Jaguars. I don't like that so much. I think the Jaguars were good at stopping the run until they faced the this crazed Bengals team that was disrespected. So I, I don't know what to think about that anymore. <laughs> Kenneth Walker versus the Niners. Even if Kenneth Walker comes back, I don't like the matchup against the Niners. Kareem Hunt against yeah, in the Kareem Hunts against the Jaguars. Eh. Not sure about that either, but we'll see. Najee Harris versus the Patriots has a rough matchup, so me and you are the same with that. Kyron Williams versus the Ravens. Totally agree with you on that. That's a bad matchup. Puka Nakua versus the Ravens, too, man. I hate to say it. Puka got a little banged up with his AC joint this week, too. He's supposed to play. And the ribs. He's got a ribs injury, too. So he's, he's banged up all around. Kind of like Carr. Carr's got, like, the concussions, shoulder, back. Mm-hmm. He's just a mess, too. 
Yeah. And then Nico Collins versus the Jets is a little bit rough, too. Nico Collins will get a lot of touches, but they might put sauce on him. And I think that Brown or Mechie is going to be the better uh, receiver that because uh, Sauce Gardner is just that good. Um, all right. Time for a nasty seat for Dave. Who do you got? All right. Well, this is kind of a, a homer pick, but I got to do it, though, man. Jordan Love. Jordan Love is going to be the fantasy winner this week for you against that poor Giants D, and he's been putting up numbers the last couple games here. Uh, got him on a nice win streak against the Lions and the Chiefs, two tough opponents. So going with Jordan Love is my D-nasty sleeper this week. All right, Jordan the Love Machine. Hey, guys, I lost Tank Dell. Any suggestions to replace him? Yeah, uh, I would say Brown for sure. Brown's going to be a, get a ton of passes from C.J. Stroud, and then – Mechie, too, but I would, I trust Brown more right now. He's I a bigger Brown guy. Yeah, He's bigger, yeah, better target. Um, he says OBJ. I like OBJ this week. Dave does, too. Demario Douglas, now nah, he's banged up, I think. Uh, Joshua Palmer. He, he didn't play this past week, but if he's back, I like Demario Douglas. Yeah, he, doesn't have a goal, a he, he doesn't have a quarterback. That's another problem. Um, Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, Jalen Hyatt doesn't have a quarterback either. Uh, maybe... What's his face? Daniel Jones comes back, but uh, I, I just they're saying Tyrod Taylor's back this week, actually. But I, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think uh, Noah Brown and ODB is probably their two best pickups right now to replace Tank Dell. Yeah, I would say so too. And Lamar's passing the ball better with that with that good offense now. Um, and my nasty sleeper, Zach Moss. Against the Bengals, although the Bengals are stopping the run a little bit too. But I think this could be more of a fluke. But my other one, just in case, is Gerald Everett from the Chargers against the Broncos. I think Gerald Everett has a hell of a game. I like Everett a lot. Um, I, I, th- I, I've always liked him as a tight end. So uh, Gerald Everett and Zach Moss is it for me. And so uh, hopefully, hopefully that one of those guys wins your fantasy league. Dave, anything we miss? No, I think that's it. Uh, yeah, get your, get those lineups set. Make that final push for those playoff spots. Playoffs are gonna be starting in the next week or two here, uh, most leagues. So uh, definitely get your lineup set and, and good luck to everyone this week. That's go right. Pat. <laughs> go, go Bears. Best of luck, everyone. Have have a great week and go get some winners.